Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Wisden World Cup Daily Podcast. India have confirmed they will finish top of the World Cup group standings and they have done so in authoritative fashion, demolishing South Africa second in the table by 243 runs. Virat Kohli, on his 35th birthday, made his 49th ODI century to equal Sachin Tendulkar's record tally. Ravindra Jadeja was the bowler's cash-in today, taking his first ODI 5-4 in over a decade. I'm joined by Wisden India editor Adya Sharma. Adya, in a sea of dominant Indian World Cup performances, this actually stands out as as one of the most complete, doesn't it? It does, um, because I think uh, the general perception was that this is going to be India's toughest competition uh, going into the game. It's something that Virat Kohli also said after the match, that this was the toughest opposition. Um, a team that has been overall so good. Um, I think India just... I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised by uh, the manner of, of this victory. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous how not 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 that it was easy. I think that's the thing is that like um you could see in little bits of some of the bowling how South Africa were were good, and it's not as if this means that we need to forget everything we knew about South Africa, but just that India's game plan almost seems so airtight now. It's it's nice, Cody saying um uh this was our toughest opposition when he's made a hundred, and in in a way. Him making hundreds is sort of one of the less interesting things from a cricket point of view about this game, just because of how regularly he does it. But it is astonishing, right? I mean, so it's what it's forty nine hundred and twenty two hundred and seventy seven innings. So that's one every five and a half games or so. And I think I think it's actually flown under the radar a little bit, just how good a World Cup he's actually having. I guess because when he made that first hundred, people weren't talking about the hundred so much as you know, should he have got the hundred in the way he did? And then after that. There's been this focus on number 49. So it's been uh, when he's got those those good half centuries, big half centuries uh, that people haven't been focused on those innings. They've just been missed centuries. And now he gets number 49. And still, you know, Rohit plays a brilliant innings. Jadeja takes five for, I mean, he, he is obviously the main man, but it's not like we're looking at this World Cup coming and being like, oh, this is one of the great World Cup campaigns. But he's averaging over 100. He's seven runs off Quinton de Kock at the top of that table. I mean, Adi, I don't, I don't know if you can find out, find anything new to say about him, but, but maybe try for a couple of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try all I can. Um, what, what I really liked was, um, I mean, 
to start with this pitch was difficult to bat on in terms of uh, even if you see i think there was a request stat where i think the the run rate for eden gardens is the lowest among all the venues um it is sort of a tricky pitch and virat kohli himself said that um how the outside world perceives um the approach is very different from how it actually happens so he was saying that um it's it seems to be different when the openers are batting against the new ball but the pitch considerably slows down uh and uh, you know you need to to sort of uh switch your approach uh think of it differently and that's what i think that's what kohli has become an expert in for him to just assess and understand how an innings needs to be paced um he's he used the word grind i think in the middle um just saying that it required him to to anchor one one end and uh, let the other side uh, probably score quicker and that's um even when there is so much criticism say about uh i'm i won't say criticism but so much debate generally over you know his scoring rate uh but virat kohli himself is so uh, he just knows i think odi cricket just runs inside him he just knows the dna so well that um you know it it just comes out to be a a cracking performance at the end and this was it this was how it was to deal with a a difficult pitch against a bowling attack again keshav maharaj bowled really well to not to not give south africa a breakthrough at that point and then to sort of you know ensure that you are going above par i think all these things it's incredible how one man has done it again and again and keeps doing it yeah it's a good point about maharaj and that that period i guess between i don't know i mean after the power play i suppose because there's a temptation when you get that good a start to go right we're going to try and go for 400 here when actually that probably wasn't possible and wasn't what was needed um and we actually had we had one question in asking us to to dispel the myth that this was a a selfish innings and i don't think it was at all i think he played the situation really well and i think the only thing that made it look as if cody could have scored quicker was actually just how well rohit played in the power play i mean again it's not new he's done this before but this was it 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 felt in a way india had won the game after 10 overs because they were 9-1 for 1 and they bowled safra out for 83 but it also it felt like that as well it really felt like south africa were going to have to work really really hard to pull it back and although they had some good spells with the ball it never really felt like india were going to get anything except more than a par total from that point onwards i guess yeah and generally obviously we look at kohli from a prism of perfection mm-hmm. you know and the team is doing so well that kohli is outscoring oppositions so there is just really nothing much to to sort of talk about that's why i feel these things about kohli's knock uh, if he could have scored quicker stuff like this is is probably spoken about more than it should be mm. I guess from a from a batting point of view maybe actually the most encouraging thing was the knock was from Shreya Sire I mean obviously he played well against uh against Sri Lanka as well but we talked about this game after that Sri Lanka game as this being potentially quite a big challenge for him because of those South Africa fast bowlers and you'd sat in a press conference where he was on quite punchy form when asked about the short ball challenge but he played I mean he played the short ball well and he just played generally well today didn't he yes he did i think actually in the start um i was a, a bit surprised initially by how you know sluggish it looked but then you could understand how the pitch was and uh, again uh, with kohli he was ensuring that they are able to 
just get through that Maharaj spell. Um, Shamsi's wavered line and lens didn't help actually uh, South Africa. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think because Ayer is known to be such a demolisher of spin, um, it it seemed a bit off when he was not um, connecting as as well. But I think he just took his time. And then what has been probably the biggest, um, um, I mean, the, the best point so far in the last two games for Ayer has been that he has accelerated really well, even if it seems like he's starting off uh, steadily. Uh, even in this knock, you could see how he was just able to. And you mentioned the short ball. I think a couple of great hits. Um, what I felt was, I mean, you, you, we can we can discuss this, but uh, potentially should Africa have broken Maharaj's spell down and probably he introduced Engidi just to test him out because Ayer got the chance to settle in, understand the surface, and then once he was in his zone, uh, not much troubled him. Yeah, I, it's interesting actually that thing on on Maharaj. I could see why they just wanted to put a complete lid on the scoring rate, but I also, yeah, maybe hold him back for a couple more. But that also would just be the preordained plan, wouldn't it? Is that your finger spinner comes on and bowls uh, in that spell where you think you might be able to get through the cheap overs? But I guess actually, as we saw later on, spin was actually that was the main weapon on this surface, and, and Shamsi just had an off day, um, and maybe I. I I guess, unless they can't with a surface that, I mean, this was a surface that should have been pretty helpful and he didn't do his job. You wonder if he's going to play again in the tournament, perhaps. Um, and I guess we saw as well from the fact that India kept Maharaj to one for 30, that looks like a good day for Maharaj. And then you look at how India spinners do and it's you know five for 33 from for Jadeja altogether combined with Yadav. It's what, seven for 40 in 14.1 overs. I mean, Dan, who's our, uh, who, who edits these videos was saying to us on uh, on, on, on messages that, um, that they were going to make hay uh, later on. And they absolutely did. And I guess that shows actually, I don't know if it's how Safi could have used Maharaj better or just how well India played him. But I mean, this pitch was tailor-made for Jadeja and he was absolutely exceptional, wasn't he? Yeah. Also, I think for introducing him early, uh, mm. just... Just to ensure, because obviously I think Babuma and have sort of struggled against um, against in that sense. So I feel that introducing him early when you knew that the ball is is turning a bit and you understand how Jaleja is such a good bowler. So to bring him on early um, and hold Shami back, I think that was that was a pretty interesting. Uh, I think yeah, it, it was a good move. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what I I think I was discussing this with you earlier. Um, what really surprises me is how all these uh, key elements of India's uh, campaign so far, all of them have not played a lot of ODIs leading up to to this to this tournament. Like someone like a Jadeja also, there were question marks over um, you know how good he like where exactly he is in the ODI format just because mm-hmm. he hadn't played any ODIs. Before. 2021, he plays. He played just a few in 22. Um, his batting also had sort of been a question mark because he he had slowed down a lot. He wasn't the uh, the, the sparkling kind who usually is. I think overall, it's it's really impressive to see how uh, Jadeja and Shami, without playing a lot of ODIs in the lead up, have have just come in and uh, come in, in a World Cup year and done so well. Um, yeah, that's uh, Jadeja. Obviously, is an, 
is really good in all formats. But uh, it's been really pleasing to see how he's just come back to ODIs and done so well. Mm. Yeah, I'd forgotten actually. There, there was a debate, wasn't there, about Akshar versus uh, versus Jadeja in the build-up to the World Cup with the thinking that Jadeja was the better bowler and Akshar was the better batter. And yeah. that 39 he got to play against New Zealand, that feels really crucial now. I mean, that was the perfect situation for him in that he is, in a way, more of a proper batter than a finisher. And he was able to come in and build a partnership. And he has been an actual finisher since then. I mean, 35 of 24 against Sri Lanka. I mean, that was a weird sort of finishing innings in that he ran so hard in it. Like, he only scored two boundaries in that. And then today was another really good finishing innings. It's just like another another box ticked. Um, I guess from the... As a bowling attack, we were just trying to discuss this with Abhishek as well. Like, has there been a better, like, five-man bowling attack than this? in a World Cup since Shami came into it. I mean, so they've now taken 40 wickets in four games. And in the last three games, they've bowled England, Schlenker and Stafford out for 129, 55 and 83. So if you combine all of those, that's still less, like loads less than they scored today. I don't, I don't know. There's, there's just no gaps in it at all. Like the only thing is if one of them gets injured mid-game because they, they obviously no longer have that bowling option at number six. But like, that feels like the only way that you can like get anywhere close to on top of them. Like it's just a, a ridiculously complete attack, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, uh, everything seems to be going right for them. Um, and it's sort of difficult to figure out if there has been a better attack. Also because Umra was absent for a while. Shami was, you know, in and out of the ODI. He was rested and all. So it they have this this group hasn't played a lot together in ODIs. And to see all of them just click together uh, makes for such a pleasant viewing. And they've all come into form at the same time. Uh, you're right. There, there is, doesn't seem to be any uh, any chink in their bowling uh, attack. You know, you've you've got someone like a Kuldeep Yadav who a couple of years ago wasn't doing really good in ODIs. And now he's he just looks so good. Uh, same with Jadeja. Um, I think it's the, it, the, the, the complete attack is... Uh, it, it's just... There's nothing to complain, really. Just nothing to complain. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's surprising, though, you know, if you think about it, you don't have, uh, you know, you have, obviously, Hardik Pandya not there. And there was so much discussion about how his absence could mean a big, it could be a big loss for India. But it, it just doesn't seem to be any problem so far. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because we were talking as well, like they, they brought in, Prasid Krishna, didn't they, into the squad for Pandya, which feels like, I mean, it, it, they, they could have brought in a proper rounder and they didn't do that. I mean, do you think that's the right call? And I guess that seems to suggest that they're just going to keep on with this balance, doesn't it? Yeah, I think Rahul Dravid explained it um, a day ago. I think, yeah, a couple of days ago or something. So he basically said that um, they have backups for everyone. I think it's a clear indication that they're going to play the same team. Um, they don't need someone to fit right into the team right now. Uh, first of all, it's very difficult to find a replacement for Radhik Pandya. Mm-hmm. Who do you pick for that? Uh, I think what they've done is just, they have a backup spinner, they have a backup bat- batter. They just, they've ensured that if one pace bowler goes down, they have Prasad Krishna for backup. So they're going to play the same team. They're going to stick to this equation and uh, they just have a backup bowler now. Fair enough. I mean, that'll be for part one. In part two, we'll touch on South Africa and look ahead to tomorrow's 
potentially smog-affected Sri Lanka-Bangladesh game. On to South Africa. How worried will they be about this defeat? I mean, 243 runs is a lot to lose by. And in one sense, it maybe feels as if they maybe had this coming. I mean, that bowling attack is not quite elite all the way through and they don't have the options in the team to cover it if someone has a really bad day, which is what Marco Janssen and also, I guess, Tibray Shamsi had. So I don't know, are they worried about this? I mean, there's not much they can do to change it or do they just think, you know, we came up against a really good side and they had a really good day and there's not much you can do when that happens. They've lost two, right? Uh, in the two yeah. games they lost, they've been chasing. And uh, even against the Netherlands, you could see that um, they started off slow and, and their approach was a bit muddled up. But yeah, I think uh, bowling-wise, you are right. There, there doesn't seem to be uh, an obvious answer to it because Janssen just had an off day. He was completely off it. Uh, he was spraying the ball around. He just couldn't find his lens. Um, you thought someone like a Tabrez Shami could do well um, in these conditions, especially stifle the flow in the middle alongside Maharaj, which on paper seemed to be a good move, but again, it just did not turn out to be nice. I don't think there's anything they, they specifically have to change. I think it was just an off day for a couple of bowlers. Mm, yeah, um, we did have one question asking if it, if Safra had batted first, would it have been different result it is weird just how much of a difference that seems to have on their batter because as well as those two defeats they also uh almost lost to Pakistan didn't they chasing not not a huge total but you know a decent sized total and then in between that in this game they go and smash 350 against New Zealand again I, I, it's just such a weird psychological thing that um that can happen to a team uh I also yeah I felt really bad for Janssen when he thought his day was done because Mark Rebold two overs, so him and Shamsu only bowled nine each, and then Ngidi limps off with four balls left in the final over, and he has to come back on to, uh, to bowl them and gets hit for two boundaries straight away. That that did not look uh, much fun for him. Um, yeah, uh, We were discussing this as well. Is how good India are an issue? Like There hasn't been a huge amount of jeopardy for them in the tournament. Um, and then I guess it's also, it's not just, is it an issue? It's like, why are they this good? Like, I don't think England aside that this is a low quality World Cup and you've got a few aging greats I guess so some teams might have not be not quite as good as they look on paper because their players are just past their peaks and that sort of thing but in general I think that like you look at the standard of a lot of like individual play and think that's really good and yet India are just steamrolling everyone like how how are they that good? (laughs) I wish I knew the answer for that but it's it just seems to be everything is clicking in place for them. Um, they've got a bit of luck also going for them. Um, and um, players who did not play a lot of ODIs in the lead-up have just come in and really done well in the format. But Rohit Sharma's approach, even though it's not a new approach for him, it's the the results that he's gotten have been exceptional. Um, I mean, I don't think no anyone would have expected this level of of high scoring from Rohit at the start. To have Bumrah, Shami, Siraj together, it's not, it can't be easy to have all three in the same attack and sort of, you know, have all of them do so well together. It's it's just happening um, magically for them so far. I think everyone from Rahul Dravid to, to Rohit Sharma to the bowling coach have been asked about if it's a concern that they are, uh, you know, 
they probably go into the knockouts uh, undefeated uh, but this team doesn't seem to worry too much about that they have categorically said that they want to win as much as they can they don't worry too much about breaking that flow for them it's about that that vague word that's called momentum to to carry it around, to carry it forward and and just you know keep going yeah i mean it's it's really surprising to think of it you know um we used to talk about the great australian team and how they were so difficult to to beat with india it, it, they have been challenged at different points but they've still prevailed it just seems that they have a plan b for everything yeah and and that australia team did get challenged at times as well i mean they had that game against england in 2003 where andy bickle had the had the game of his yeah. life um but it's not as if they absolutely breeze through every single game um yeah. But yeah, this this does feel like that. Like I know that people are saying, "Oh, isn't it all set up for India to lose in the semi final in the final?" Obviously, that 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 might happen. But equally, it to me it feels more like a team who are a distance a bit better than the rest. I mean, beyond all the analysis and numbers, what's been there to see is that this team is really enjoying themselves. Obviously, that comes with victories and everything. But this team hasn't come to this tournament with the pressure of playing against. Uh, playing in front of a home crowd that was something that was discussed a lot would that turn against them would that pressure of expectations burden them it, it's just been i mean the support has been so overwhelming all india matches have been nearly packed and they've just stood behind the players and the players also seem to be like laughing dancing around without any trouble uh, without any sort of pressure as such on them it just seems to be a team that knows that they will win they are very confident about their abilities and they're not carrying any extra burden um yeah i think that's that's one thing that's been there to see definitely across all india games there's this ease that the team is going with uh, there is there's no uh, there are no jitters or pressure or anything even when at this point you could feel that you know okay we are approaching a knockout stage where you know it could all come back to how it has been so many times there's been a few suggestions that the world cup format should be changed basically actually because of how good india are so i think tom moody's the latest to say that they that the teams who top the group should get a second chance in the knockouts i mean apart from the suggestion basically assuming that india will screw it up somehow uh, what 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 do you think of it um uh, i don't think i don't think teams should be given a life as such um knockout games have context um a good team is good because they're able to to win a must win game and go forward um and this this format has been there i, I don't think there there needs to be a a specific reason to to bring it i know obviously indian fans would would love it now <laughs> but uh, you know i think for a team to completely and convincingly and not have any um, you know asterisk at the end of it they have to win a must win game and go through and that's what makes a great team great yeah yeah and i think some of the motivation for it is actually it's because of the format of the world cup otherwise yeah. so i think when you have a team playing nine games and being so good the idea that all that could come undone on one game i can see why people have a reaction to that but i yeah. do think the, the the reason for that is because the overall format is not great the 10 team thing and i mean this is also a bit moot because it seems like it, i mean it's already confirmed i mean obviously these things can change but that next uh the next world cup will be 
14 teams, two groups of seven heading into the Super Sixes, which I think is a, a decent format. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a bit it's a bit moot. I do sort of get the um, uh, the motivation for wanting a change, but I think it's actually more about it's, that highlights other issues with the format than it being something to change in and of itself. Uh, so on to tomorrow's game. That's between Sri Lanka and Bangladesh. It's a big one in terms in terms of Champions Trophy qualification, and uh, Sri Lanka need to win to keep their faint semi-final hopes alive. That's another little uh, quirk of this World Cup format that Sri Lanka are, are still just about in contention. Um, but there's a potential issue with smog in Delhi. Can you sum up what's going on there? And is is there a chance the game gets abandoned or or, or moved? What 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 do we think is going to happen? Um, so. So this is something that has, it's a seasonal thing. It happens in Delhi uh, every November and it sort of intensifies closer to the festival of Diwali when there are a lot of crackers burst. Um, ideally, there shouldn't have been a game in Delhi in November because uh, the smog that is a combination of uh, stubble burning from neighboring states along with just cold winds, um, suspended cold winds and... Um, just a bit of pollution and and everything combined. Just just explain quickly what stubble burning is. Uh, so basically, crop burning from in the neighboring states. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. So basically, the smoke from all of that uh, floats into into Delhi. Uh, but yeah, basically, uh, the AQI, the air quality index, has been pretty high. Uh, I mean, it's it's been pretty bad in in, in Delhi. Uh, it's been in hazardous category um, and the government has been taking a lot of steps to to sort of curb that. Obviously, um, the players themselves are concerned. Bangladesh and Sri Lanka cancelled their practice sessions. And um, so ideally, this shouldn't have had a game in November. It's it's good in them that they did not have uh, any games after Diwali. That would have been disastrous. But I would say even November 6th is too, uh, it's too dangerous for a game to be held. You, you've seen what happened in the 2017 test at the same venue, India-Sri Lanka, where uh, the players had to wear masks. Um, you know, few players were vomiting. So, uh, in terms of what would happen with the game, it's difficult because I think air quality is um, assessed the same way as other weather conditions on the match day itself. So, they will have to analyze on the day and see if it's fit to play. Logistically, obviously, now it's too close. But earlier, there were discussions about whether it can be shifted to another venue. But it's it's too much of a hassle. I don't think logistically that could have happened. But yeah, it's, it's really concerning. I don't think players should be playing in these conditions at all. I think it was a bad choice to have Delhi, a game in Delhi uh, in November. Worrying stuff. Um, well, please do join us tomorrow when we'll hopefully have had a game to look back on. Uh, thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.